This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. Wow, Taylor, it's hard to believe. Here we are. It's now our first episode of July. Summer is now officially taken off. Kids are out of school. People are back in the pool and enjoying all that summer fun. Uh, how you been doing, Taylor? I've been good. Uh, you know, the kids are back in school. Not my kids, but uh, uh, other other kids are out from school. Uh, but no, I've been enjoying the summer. Uh, traveling, you know, still quite a bit, but it's been nice to uh, 
kind of enjoy the summer vacations. I know you in California, it's always summer, it seems like. But, uh, yeah. you know, we here in uh, Western PA, we uh, we don't uh, we get to enjoy the sun while it's here. Yeah, it's true. I get I get uh, a little lucky with the, the constant amount of sun. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. We're here in the summertime, and, you know, we're in that true summer blockbuster movie season. Uh, we got Thor Love and the Thunder just coming up around the bend and uh, Bullet Train, a lot of great films still to come out this summer. The one that just came out uh, recently, we just reviewed it uh, last week, was Lightyear. We just had this new spinoff film from the Toy Story franchise, and it got us thinking, you know what? As much as that film was a lot of fun, it comes off of what is notably the biggest franchise of the Pixar uh, you know, library of films, the Toy Story franchise. This is the film that started it all and led to multiple sequels, spinoffs, shorts, theme park attractions, video games, merch galore. This is a beloved property. We thought, you know what? We got to talk about it. So, but we're not going to do it alone because what is the one key thing about the Toy Story franchise? Friendship and doing yes. it together. And toys. So, and this is a story. And toys. Yes. So who do we got today, Taylor? <laughs> well, very excited about our guest today. Um, this guest I've had the pleasure of meeting through my travels, and I hope that you become her best friend, too. Uh, she's an actress, singer, performer, travelista, if you will. Please welcome to the show, Erica Butters. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> it's going well. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, surviving the heat of North Carolina currently. Oh, I bet. And the humidity. I'm sure. In the humidity. You can like eat the air. <laughs> <laughs> you go out hmm. to get your mail and the hair just goes. Poof. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Erica. Uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on and talking about a franchise that actually has been around for quite some time now. I mean, 1995 was when Toy Story first launched the first film for Pixar Animation Studios and the first full 3D animated film of all time, uh, which is a, a pretty big feat thinking of nowadays. We're just constantly bombarded with 3D films. That is now the new medium. We don't really get 2D anymore. But uh, I always like to start with these type of episodes is, do you have any memories of the first time you saw Toy Story? Oh, man, I was 10 at the time. I remember one, like wishing that my toys would come to life for me like I remember seeing just the magic of it all and just being like oh my gosh is that is that how it works it's like, yeah <laughs> I do feel that this this film series is something that has especially for kids there's always that you you leave your bedroom and you do a quick turnaround thinking yeah. do my toys come to life uh because this is a great premise that you know the premise that toys do have a, a personality uh they can essentially maneuver and you know be when not in the presence of humans although at times they do act when they need to uh in dire situations and then when a kid would come back they just go back to being plastic and just wait for them to play with them and it, it was an interesting concept because it's like toys there's so much variety in toys and i liked also that this series really set up like the toys are very or most of them are very loyal to their kid and like that is a big thing for them is that they need to be loyal to their kid and they will do anything for their kid's happiness. And then we see how some toys are very warped and twisted by uh, that concept, which I thought was very interesting. 
Yeah. It definitely makes you like, I have a son now and I have to like get rid of toys at times. And I'm like, huh, I feel bad throwing them in the trash. <laughs> Maybe I should put them in the attic. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what about you, Taylor? Do you have any early memories of first seeing Toy Story? Yeah, I, I remember seeing that in theaters and thinking like that was that was so cool that it, it really kind of spoke to me and to think like, you know, I loved kids. Uh, I love kids. I love kids. I love toys growing up well, well into my early teens. I was always an action figure um, collector, especially Star Wars. So for me, it was like, oh, man, this is so cool. And I think. Um, just all the characters and the personalities of it. I just remember like how much my eyes lit up. And uh, it's funny thing about this film that they don't, you know, we just accept that toys come alive, but there's no rhyme or reason. It's just there. And it was just perfectly set up. Like, we don't know how this works, but it just does. And I think it's kind of like thinking back to like, so crazy, but yeah, I remember, I remember I get my first Buzz Lightyear toy because that movie. And it was like the coolest toy ever. The fact that and the movie looked awesome, and they actually made a pretty decent toy uh, when it came out. Yeah, I do like that. There is kind of like a, a just a magic to it that this this does happen, and 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 a great concept too of this first film really being about the brand new awesome toy that everyone wants, and you know the jealousy of our of our sheriff Woody, who is notably the favorite toy of Andy. But now there's the new toy, you know, and everyone can relate to that. Even though they are toys, we all relate to that. The new, the new kid in town that's just taking everyone by storm. Uh, but the hilarious notion that the new toy does not understand that he is a toy. Uh, that just, I, and again, this is where this is our first take with Pixar. But that formula of really building strong characters, building characters that are believable, uh, with humor that everyone can relate to. We all we all know a Woody. We all know a Buzz, and it's like <laughs> I just love how Buzz like completely is so cocky and doesn't understand that he's a toy, and that plays through most of the film until he has his emotional breakdown. Which even then you're like, <laughs> this is a toy having an emotional breakdown in a movie. Like who would have thought of that? Uh, Pixar would have. So, um, what are your thoughts on you know if there's two iconic voice actors at this point who have uh, you know, just you easily recognize it like that? Tim Allen and uh, Tom Hanks here as Buzz and Woody. I mean, perfect casting for these two guys uh, who have just been through all these films and uh, they've, they've lent their voice to many of the shorts as well. Uh, do you have a favorite, Erica, between Woody and Buzz? I feel like some people have a little bit of a, of a favor towards one. Some are a little 50-50. Definitely 50-50. I guess it depends on my mood and who I feel more <laughs> in tune with at the time. I love them both. They're, they're both brilliant characters. Hard, hard, definitely hard to choose between those two. I think it was just, it was so funny, the, the, such the contrast of the characters and that, you know, Buzz play, you know, this is like, they play such an iconic duo that, you know, it's a duo for the ages. You have the comedic, you know, one where, because Woody's so neurotic and he just, you know, he's flailing his arms, he's running around and he's just, He's so stressed out because it's like, this is his world. He's like, I'm the favorite toy and everything. And then who is this nut? He's messing up everything. And Buzz, the straight man, just like takes everything so seriously. He, the humor is like, he doesn't realize certain things. And, and talking about the humor, man, these movies had just, this line has started like the animation where it was that tongue in cheek humor. It really like, they kind of like started it. I mean, just, I remember like when he's messing around with him, he's like, I can tell you, I can fly around this with my eye closed. Okay, Mr. Light Beer. You know, like these little, like little, like 
and just like cracked me up so much. And like, even as a kid, you're laughing, like, do I know why I should be laughing at that? No, but it's funny. <laughs> you see your parents laughing at it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yes. That, that there'll be jokes and bits that the kids will definitely laugh at, but the little innuendos in there that adults will get to that adult humor. And I, and even that this is, these are toys that act like adults you know, in a world that is, you know, they live in a kid's bedroom and, you know, mostly spend their time in a kid's bedroom that they have all these, you know, they have adult meetings, you know, they have like, you know, the town meeting, discuss what's going, we have a birthday coming up. All right. You know, get your stations, everything's so planned out and thought about, which I thought was really fun that they're, they're so like precise about that. And then Buzz just comes in and kind of wrecks the system a little bit, but, but even then like Buzz comes in and he starts like, they have like a little bit where like, Oh, the one toy's broken. So like he starts fixing it and like they're doing like workouts with the workout toy, like all those little things that are very uh human. But yeah, the we have a great cast of side characters that have stayed through a lot of the franchise and we've added more as we've gone along, but notably Mr. Potato Head, uh Rex, you have Ham, Slinky Dog, all these characters that have uh kind of gone along for the journey have really, you know. Oh, Bo Peep. I love how her character developed in, what was it, the fourth one? How she became this, like... Badass? Just, oh, yeah, yeah, basically, badass Bo Peep. I was, like, was going to say, can I say ass on here? <laughs> you can say ass on here, yes. Well, that concept, too, that they kind of discuss about what is a lost toy, when you're a toy that is lost, uh, you know, that's such a, like, this whole first movie really is a, is a very simple premise of, Woody gets jealous. He wants to get rid of Buzz. He knocks Buzz out the window. Everyone thinks he's, you know, a murderer. <laughs> and I'm like, he didn't murder Buzz. He just knocked him out. But now he's like, he's a lost toy. Oh, I have to go help and find him. And, you know, he's marooned, essentially. Uh, they, you know, they kick him out. And uh, he's like, oh, if I go find Buzz, maybe I can make this work. And I did, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Toy Story 4, how they, they gave, like, a, a retcon to Bo Peep, but, like, in the best way. Because she was almost done dirty. And then they, yeah. like, let's give her a little bit of a, a new spin, uh, which I thought was really fun. But yeah, going through Toy Story, we do have like uh, uh, one of our famous uh, locations, Pizza Planet, uh, which that truck, the Pizza Planet truck bit, which is hilarious. That whole truck's been in like every single Pixar movie. Uh, again, we're starting to see now the seeds of where they would have little cameos or uh, Easter eggs of different things from the Toy Story franchise pop up in other Pixar movies or vice versa. Uh, but uh, that whole scene, I think one of the best written scenes of Toy Story is the scene where they're at the gas station and Woody's trying to explain to Buzz that you are a toy. You are not some you know, space ranger. You You're a child are a child I know. You're a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. Uh, that whole scene is- just... <laughs> It has a little Star Trek thing too. Farewell. Yeah, yeah, yeah farewell. <laughs> so good oh yeah well good riddance you loony <laughs> yeah oh so good uh but we do eventually yeah, lead to pizza planet and that's a really cool fun uh, bit and we've all had that arcade of our you know mostly for us Chuck E. cheese definitely not as cool as pizza planet would have been uh but getting to our our first villain of the franchise sid the bad kid who uh experiments on toys and you know I look at the rest of the villains in this franchise and they all have their, their different reasons for being a little nefarious, but Sid's a little sick. Yeah. We all, we all know a Sid, that kid we, we, we avoid in the neighborhood. 
he's a little demented. It's like Andy's the good kid and Sid's the uh, <laughs> the messed up kid. But I remember first time I saw this, but whether I would be able to recognize it or not, just the brilliance that Buzz goes through an emotional breakdown and has like a complete his world has opened up that he is in fact a toy what what was your thoughts on that that whole scene because i think again this is where that pixar magic where we're really making it a very human connection where you're you're led to believe you it's know the first like film we're seeing where it's a very big adult theme but as a kid we got it yeah i think you know even when i look back at toy story the first film i think a lot of the animation still holds up very well it definitely gets better as we move along but the first film has so many great characters, so many great themes, and it definitely was quite a success for the time. So, I mean, for the time, do you think, too, for the time, 1995, worldwide, this has made over $373 million for the time, which was pretty good. $191 million, uh, U.S. box office. So, clearly, this was going to set up that this is going to be, Pixar is going to be a franchise that was going to hold off, but Toy Story, I think another thing that has been a huge element of that, which became a Pixar standard for quite some time, was the music of Randy Newman. Randy Newman was like their go-to composer. And these songs that have become iconic, of course, You've Got a Friend in Me, being like the Toy Story motto or like the Toy Story like go-to song. Do you have a favorite song of Randy Newman from the Toy Story franchise? I love that one, Friend in Me. I think my favorite is strange, th- strange things when Woody's kind of going through his crisis and <laughs> he keeps looking around and everyone's like this loving buzz. I love it. But Randy Newman kind of doing that style of like talk singing where he's almost just directly telling you what's going on. But yeah, the music, I think the music was a big part of this too, of, of not only the orchestration, but the songs. Wasn't there a song that Sarah McLaughlin sang in there? Maybe not in the, the, the second it- one. Yeah, well, the second one. Uh, yeah. When she loves me. That, when she okay. left me, oh. if you're asking about all through the through the franchise, that one's my favorite one. Tear, tear. I know. Oh gosh. Well, actually, you know, speaking of that, let's get to it. So, I mean, obviously, Toy Story started it all, but for, even for me, I think what was a a bigger and better film, which uh, took off, Toy Story Two, uh, which came out pretty early for the Pixar. It was their third film. Bugs Life came out in '98, and then it was followed by Toy Story Two. Uh, Toy Story 2. Okay, now we're going to go bigger, more characters, more things going on, and you can see how the franchise just expands. Keeping our core characters, but uh, now let's let's continue. And I thought this this to me was a better film than Toy Story. I think Toy Story holds up as, you know, it's a lovely film and it's always going to be nostalgic, but Toy Story 2, I remember going to the theaters right around Thanksgiving and that whole opening scene where Buzz is like <laughs> living this like great like James Bond life in space uh trying to go off and fight Zerg and we got that tease in the first movie of oh he's meant to battle this emperor Zerg but now we have Zerg actually realized in Toy Story 2 uh what do you guys think of that opening cuz i mean i still remember being like this is awesome. This is what I wanted from Buzz Lightyear, you know? Yeah, I, I remember it was like the most epic thing ever. I was like, oh my God, what what, what are we watching? I thought that was going to be like a big part of like, big part of the film. Like you like, you don't know, like it's, it, and then then it turns out like, oh, it was a video game, which actually is like kind of funny. Like, oh, we're tying in toys, games, and it just kind of leveling up that Buzz was such a, a franchise and 
I thought that was kind of funny because they're just so obnoxious too. And and Rex playing the the games and he can't quite hit all the buttons with his little his little <laughs> his little fingers and thing. And he's got he's got like a little helmet on too. He's like I'm living the game. Uh, but yeah, Toy Story two have this. Uh, well, I did love the cliffhanger of Toy Story when it, you know at the very end of the movie. It's Christmas and it's like. Well, it can't get any worse than you. And then they get a new puppy. So we have, you know, the dog. Yeah. I did like that the dog was another character that could connect with the toys because the dog's not going to obviously be able to tell the humans that toys are alive. And so I like that they have a relationship with the dog and they they have a whole uh, connection with him. And based off the first dog in the first movie, which was, again, very uh, evil. Uh, I love that. But uh, this whole plot with which they did set up in Toy Story, they actually say how, you know, Buzz Lightyear, you find it at all Al's toy barns. So they had set up in the first film that there is an Al's toy barn. And we do meet uh, Al, who is voiced by one of our favorites, Taylor, Wayne Knight. And uh, yeah, Newman. Yeah, Newman. <laughs> and this whole plot that Woody is actually this famous toy from the set from like a 50s, like, cowboy show i thought that was a great idea because it gave i like the first film was so focused on oh buzz is the new hot toy woody knocks him off has to go save him they become friends now this is like oh woody's going off because he thinks this is what he wants he's gonna be this new hot commodity with you know going off to japan and, and getting to meet some new characters we'll talk about in a second and then buzz having to come rescue him with all the team i thought that was They've kind of flip-flopped this a couple times throughout the franchise. I thought it was fun. But uh, Al, I mean, <laughs> just uh, completely greedy, completely gross. I still can't – I still kind of get nightmares when I watch this scene with him with all the Cheeto fingers and the breath and the yeah. uh, the burp. Um, but we get to meet Jesse, Bullseye, and Prospector Pete. Pete was fun. Kelsey Grammer, great actor, going to be a little villain character, but – Jesse and Bullseye have fit in so well as just another famous group of toys that uh, uh, are awesome. So what do you guys think of Jesse and Bullseye? I, I love Jesse. I mean, I love that they bring in really strong female characters that are just these like, you know, rough and tough cowgirl that's coming in and this is the way things go. And she's, you know, not going to change yourself. No, and then and think like I can't associate anyone else, but Joan Cusack know, just saying. had such like she has always been like very fun. But I think that was probably if if anything, that's going to be just my favorite role. That that and uh, Miss Mullins from uh, School of Rock, but this is yeah. definitely <laughs> my favorite Joan Cusack because she is just like I want to see more of the behind the scenes of her like just screaming and hooting and hollering. <laughs> but it was also this was a great angle where. These toys are, are almost blinded by Pete that they're supposed to go off to this museum and be the set. And this is going to give them a second chance to be seen by kids everywhere. And we see Jesse is always like, you know, you're going to go back to your Andy. And she's so jaded because she used to be with a kid. And that kid threw her away. And we get, yes the very sad scene in Toy Story 2 of the flashback of Jesse being with this young girl and having all that fun in the world. And then, you know, this girl starts going up wanting to play more with makeup and doing her hair and forgets about her toys. And 
when she loved me was was a, a beautiful song and it's just like uh so you see how jesse i'm gonna tear up right now she's she's just so hurt by it so i love that they kind of play up that angle that she doesn't think that she'd have another chance with the toy with a with a kid being a being a toy so she's so jaded against it i do love that and woody's woody's kind of questioning like where do i stand do i stick with these people but i have to get back to andy well he's the whole the whole idea is you you bring up a great thing that it's the jaded side of toys well he's playing with buzz and then he he gets his arm you know ripped yeah. off so and then like you know he's having these nightmares i love that nightmare scene when he's like oh he's broken i don't want to play with you anymore yeah so he has this whole like it's like a, the opposite then for buzz is like he has a whole other existential you know kind of crisis so I thought that was really it. Just adding these deeper themes, I thought that was like this one actually had some scarier moments than like the other one. Like some of these nightmare scenes and stuff like that. It was like it's a little like it's a little crazy. But I do and I do love that not just Woody is having this moment, but then when Buzz, you know, he's on the case, he meets another Buzz, and he's like, "Oh my God, was this really like was this really hard?" <laughs> that was, was a great part. Like I like when he looks at him, he's like, "Was I really? Am I really that fat?" <laughs> He's like in this gym. Al's toy barn is huge, of course, to the eyes of a toy. And that was just, I think, scenery-wise, it just was was huge. And there was a lot to play with. And even then, them getting there, you know, them having to, that whole sequence of them having to cross the street is, is <laughs> with the so iconic with the cones. And, like, you know, everything starts breaking and cars are crashing. And at one point, you know, Mr. Potato Head gets stuck on the, the, the gum and I love how you can, at one point here, like, there's that giant, like, cement truck thing, like, like, skids around them. And, of course, none of our toys get hit. It's, like, so close. And even here, like, explosions and stuff. And they're just walking across the street, getting to Al's Toy Barn. But, yeah, I did love seeing the wall, but just all Buzz Lightyear's. And you're like, oh, gosh. And they're just stuck in their little, you know, cases. And another great toy we get to introduce to. And I love that this franchise did do a mix of, let's, let's concept new toys that are, similar to popular toys but let's also add in like we had potato head so now we get barbie tour guide barbie <laughs> is voiced by jody benson who of course is the voice of ariel and she just is a another one that is great in this franchise that uh has that you know that that fun energy that charm but then i love it even at the end she's like okay are they gone now are they gone you know how hard it is to smile for that long it's <laughs> so great but I like what she first introduced. Like, I like the, the toys go see all the Barbie section. They're like, oh my gosh. And they're, and then she's like, keep your arms and accessories. And she like grabs Potato's nose. He's like, I'm a married spot. I'm a married spot. <laughs> like, he's like, and him, and speaking of that, Mrs. Potato Head and oh, Potato yes. Head, that, their dynamic is awesome. Um, with the Barbie thing at the end, like, I love how Pixar came up with the bloopers for. Yes. That was brilliant this is the and this was the second time because bugs, bugs life, life started first time and i loved when they did that with bugs life i was like this is the most amazing thing ever it's hilarious like it really the fact they would life. make bloopers yeah that's just that was brilliant another great element of because we had that prologue with buzz is this is a big toy store we do finally get to see the toy version of emperor zerg who's now gonna <laughs> and i even like about the toy has like a thing to look through and you have like Zerg vision. Yeah, Zerg vision. And so like he's now gonna hunt down Buzz. And I yeah, the 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 whole end sequence of this, like first, you know, obviously we kind of figure out that Pete is a villain because 
you're out of your box, you know, like, and he's like, we, we have to go to Japan. You know, I'm not going back with some kids. I'm not going to be back on the shelf for 20 years collecting dust. Uh, and Kelsey Grammer just has that great. He just has that great voice like he did with the Simpsons of Sideshow Bob, where he just comes off authoritative, but like a little, a little nice at times, but he has that creepiness to him too, which I, I love that we have a, a human villain, but those all like a toy villain. And then we also have Zerg. But Zerg's not really like to me a toy villain. He's just like <laughs> programmed to be Emperor Zerg. I know. He's even just like, destroy Buzz Lightyear. He's just like repeating his factory setting voice. Well, the whole scene in the elevator is, is, is awesome where they do have this kind of fight moment and him revealing that he is his father. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars moment. Have your Star Wars moment. <laughs> no. And then, then later when he's like, they're like fine. He's like, oh, hey, Buzz, you coming with us? No, I got to hang up with my dad. I'm going to play catch like, with like, my dad. And he plays catch and just hit Zerg <laughs> in the face. And he came. Go on, Buzzy. <laughs> You're a great dad. It's so goofy, but it's so great. But uh, ending at the airport, you know, uh, Woody, I think, just, again, he's so, he's so that guy that, oh, you know, as they say later, Andy says this in Toy Story 3, he'll, he'll never give it up on you. He knows that as much as he wants to try to get Jesse and Bullseye to come with him to be with Andy, they're now stuck in those cases and going to the airports. He's like, I have to go after them, try to save them. And this is like a huge, awesome, like end sequence at the airport where Buzz and the gang are trying to get to them as well. And like little fun moments for like at one point, they're in the huge area where all the bags get sorted. And like a sticker goes on his butt at one point and it says boot, like B-U-T-T-E and stuff like that. But this whole end sequence with the airplane, I mean, this is like, you can't get any bigger like action sequence. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of this end sequence, Erica, and Toy Story 2 with the got to get off the airplane and save them, you know? I thought it was great. I thought all, I mean, every end sequence of the Toy Story movies, they're all, they are just these huge intense, just, oh my gosh, just, are they going to make it? Are they going to get the toys? Are they going to, you know, get out of whatever? Yeah, the first, the first one, yeah, with the, you know, the rocket was a, a great, that was a great for that film. And then this is even like crazier. And because you're thinking too, this is an airplane. Won't they just blow away? You know, they're little toys, but it is kind of that fun ride, the ride the horse and go get Jesse. Like I do love all that stuff. And even like taking his little, uh, his little pull string and he like gets it around. It's <laughs> like lasso. a lasso. You know, stuff like that was just so, so good. Um, and I do love that we get a little bit of, this is the first steps of the Buzz Jesse romance, which is so, so good. The Toy Story 2 worldwide has made 511 million. So it definitely went up and a huge boost. And so clearly, you know, that was great for them. But at that point, there was a big break because I think Pixar was a company that was very much like, we don't want to just stick with doing sequels. I think Toy Story 2 was a smart move because they had just started off, but they were really a company that wanted to feature original stories, original characters. And for a while, we had nothing but that. But then, 2010, we got Toy Story 3. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, they're making another Toy Story? I know, 11 years later, geez. The first thing, is I just rewatched all these films in a row this last week, the first thing I really noticed about Toy Story 3 is, oh my goodness, the animation is so polished. Like just the colors and even like the textures, like on the toys and how sometimes like the light will hit certain parts of the plastic. 
everything just is so polished. I feel like the first two movies are, are really well done and they still hold up. But this is where you're like, oh, technology is so advanced that like they look so real. It's just like like Woody. I was like, wow, he just looks like so polished with Toy Story 3. No, Toy Story 3, I love the new characters that they brought in with that, the new little girl and all of her toys and the, the preschool toys and what toys deal with. Because <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just like, okay, where can, there's so many avenues to go, but where can we go next? Okay, let, this one thing we haven't gone to, daycare. And Brilliant. I think we... It is in you being a mom, seeing just the chaos, and I just love the ver- the different types of room. Oh, the caterpillar room! You want to go? And I just uh, um, we're gonna talk more about them a lot. So, um, welcome to Sunnyside Daycare. Yeah. And uh, I was Ned Betty man. I just love I love that voice. And like, because I remember I saw this um, in theaters, and I was so excited because I, I was I was in college and waiting tables at the time. So it's actually funny because you know. We're, you know, Chris and I are both in college at this time. So we're like, we literally grew up with these toys. We grew up with Andy and he's going to college and I'm there. And I remember my one buddy was quoting all the time and we, we used to mess with people waiting tables and like in, in the back of the kitchen. And he'd be like, he'd like turn a corner. He'd be like, she abandoned all of us. I was like, oh my God, lots of where you come from. But I just remember the, how much fun, like there were so many characters in this one, but just how funny and how little, little personalities you got buying her toys and then the daycare toys. Oh my God! It is that it's such a such a great contrast um, to show. You know, like the, the fact that Andy's toys are like oh, we're we're a little too old for these kids, and then they're like getting like painted up and pulled apart and shoved <laughs> up their nose and licked and everything. They were in the sandbox and like uh, those those weren't Lincoln logs. <laughs> I don't think those are Lincoln logs. <laughs> yeah, this would have come out like probably three weeks or so after I graduated college. And I did think for us being that we were younger when the Toy Story came out, this was like a big emotional thing to watch when we all got to Toy Story 3 because we all were like, oh yeah, we're that age now where we've all grown up and kind of forgot about our toys, you know? Like Andy. Yeah. And the, the plot that Andy's going to go off to college, so he's not really going to take all of his toys and that they're up in the attic and they're not really used as much as they were, you know? And again, yeah, getting that second chance that, oh, maybe we can be passed on to another kid. But then having this whole, this whole like mafia angle that Lotso has <laughs> at Sunnyside was so great. Uh, it was so good. Uh, I just love that there's, yeah, there's a whole true dark side to sunny side of like who runs the whole show like they have the monkey toy that has cameras everywhere oh my god that (laughs) monkey was scary that was creepy (laughs) that monkey is always scary that monkey is scary in like every movie that's ever like is wasn't there a horror movie made with that monkey like that killed people i'm sure there was i'm sure any any kind of if you have a movie with a symbol monkey like that you're you're in trouble you have like that. You have the big baby that's like the bouncer. Oh yeah, the little zombie you, baby with like the little zombie baby. Wizard. Lotso and like. And then of course we get Ken. Oh, Michael, Michael Keaton as Ken, just perfect. Uh, I love like in all of his clothes and like with Barbie. Oh my gosh. I oh, Barbie that. tortures him. Like she's like she starts ripping his clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the nineteen sixty eight collection. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that scene too, where the. Barbie has him tied up, and so she puts on the space suit, but still has her heels on, oh, and yeah. goes up to the worm guy and hands off the thing, and 
he's like, all right, good night, Ken. And then he turns around and sees the heels walking away. And he's just like, yeesh. <laughs> so. It's just little things like that. And I just, I love when they first meet too. Uh, and they're like, wow. Nice ascot. Nice ascot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect like pairing because we knew that we got to have Ken in there. And I love, I love their relationship so much. Um, but yeah, it was a good like heist movie for a lot of it. And even with them taking Buzz and reading like in the manual, how do we reprogram him to demo mode so that he's back to annoying Buzz and he's now used as like a weapon against him. There was so many great bits in the film and it was like, it felt a lot more high stake for them because it was very dangerous that Lotso. And again, Lotso really spinning it like, you want to stay here and you, 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 who cares about your kid? And, you know, it was very, uh, very creepy. And I love some of the stuff they would do. Like, we're like, oh, we have to do this, 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 and set it up. And just where everyone's watching, they have, you know, patrols everywhere. Even that one toy that has like, it's the phone. Like at one point, you know, he's like, listen, listen, cowboy, you need to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And then later when they try to escape, his face has been like, kind of ripped off yeah they beat him up and everything this is some dark like i know right oh they went dark with toy story 3 but it wasn't even the darkest moment because you know it leads to i do think as as again we have that angle of well lotso is a is a jaded toy he was forgotten you know and 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 he's like these kids don't care about you and andy doesn't care about you and the whole ending of Toy Story 3 was like not I don't think anyone was really ready for what Pixar was about to bring of like everyone thinking are these toys about to die are we about to watch them melt and die I think we we I think we all thought about like every you know oh they're gonna make it the end but every movie there was that moment but if you didn't almost or did cry then you are you obviously not a fan you're not human walk out of the theater but that was like when they're all holding hands and they're like going to the garb and they're looking at each other. Like, I really thought that was it. I'm like, okay, this is like, okay, Pixar. Okay. We're out. <laughs> but then a great, a great, uh, a great the throwback claw. with the claw. Yeah. yeah. So good. The, the, the aliens. And, those little uh, LGMs. Gotta love those little green men. And it was a sweet moment where with Andy bringing all the toys to Bonnie and being like, uh, passing this the torch. Yeah, you know, passing the torch and being like, she's four. She's going to play with them forever. And and it was like we thought that Woody was going to go with Andy, but Woody's in the box, and then he gives Woody as well. And I like that they're all kind of a set together and and saying goodbye to Andy. And it was like, I think just everyone was a mess by the end of the movie. You're just like, okay. But thankfully, we had a couple, like, yeah, continued scenes and little bloopers. Like, I, my favorite was, I love the little hedgehog that – uh that is an actor. Mr. Pickle uh, Pants. Mr. Pickle Pants. You <laughs> know, Dalton. Uh, oh, yeah. Dalton, who we love. I call my I call my one brother Nick because when you and you shave him, I call him Prickle Pants because he loves toy stories. He's like, Are you Prickle Pants today? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you know, doing Romeo and Juliet, and one of the aliens is in like a wig. <laughs> and then Julia. we have the tri- and we have the Triceratops is just as neurotic as Rex. I'm like, oh great. He's yeah, gotta, he's gotta playing their video games together. <laughs> press the button there, press the button. Have you guys seen the um like the little shorts that they do? They had a short where they um uh, they went to the this kid's house who's like this really wealthy kid and he has this entire setup of all those like um I don't know, lizard people I guess. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they had like they like um I think it was um 
I'm trying to think which one it was, but they had a couple different ones. I remember the one they had was like small fry and it was like a, a happy meal size buzz that they had. And it was like, he was yeah. like, and he thought he was buzz. Um, let me find it. It's so good. My son is obsessed with that one. We, like, it's like, you know, seven minutes long, maybe a little bit longer, but he watches it all that he loves it. And it's, it's really good and it's very clever. And they have the villain in that is like, pretty intense yeah they had like hawaiian vacation party source rex small fry um lamp life pixar popcorn they've had a bunch of these shorts and that's a great thing too about disney plus is you know having the ability to put up a bunch of stuff like that i think it's that yeah that time forgot that time forgot oh yes that time forgot yeah i definitely saw toy story of terror uh which is another one was a halloween themed one um but yeah, I should check that out because I do love that they've had all these shorts too. And like some have been like, you know, ABC specials and then they put them on Disney Plus or just straight to Disney Plus. But they've had all these little bits and things. And, I, you know, it's like, again, even though Toy Story 3 felt like that was the end of like what would be a trilogy of films and it was such a great end point to let's leave it there. Are we going to have more adventures with Woody and Buzz? Well, we certainly would have more coming up. Uh, after the break, but before I want to say that, yeah, Toy Story 3 grossed over a billion dollars. I know. Mm. So this is like, not, which that alone is why Disney was like, yes, we will be making Toy Story 4. <laughs> like, we made over a billion dollars. Like, come on. Um, so, you know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Toy Story 4. <laughs> From the creators of Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and Lightyear. Comes a new kind of origin story. Well, what'll it be, stranger? I'm looking for one-eyed Bart. You seen him around here, these parts? Uh, nobody's seen him. I reckon you'd steer clear. You don't want to mess with Bart. Well, I reckon I should. Because somebody's poisoned the water hole. You came just in time, partner. We gotta get Bart and his posse out of town. Whoa! There's a snake in my boot! Well, I guess that's why they call you Stinky Pete. P.U. Hey there, cowpoke. You could use a partner. I'm Jessie, the yodeling cowgirl. Well, uh, I'm gonna need a horse. I got just the fastest, best darn rootin' tootin'est horse in this here parts. Bullseye! Oh, 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 money, money, money. You rascal! How dare you steal from this town? Quiet, Bo Peep! Are your sheep get run over? Oh no, my sheep! Help! Somebody do something! Reach for the sky. Who in the blue blazes are you? The name's Woody, partner. And I'm here to stop you, one-eyed Bart. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. You'll never take me alive. Woody, help me! Help me! Yee-haw! Ride like the wind, bullseye. Looks like there's a new sheriff in town. 
My hero. Thank you for everything, Sheriff. From Pixar Animation, Roundup. All right, team. Pixar is set to create the first full-length computer animated film. But we gotta have a top-notch story with characters everyone will fall in love with. Well, we definitely need to appeal to kids and families. Good point. Well, let's start there. What do kids like? Gum? Gum? So what, we make a movie about gum? I'd see that movie. Picture this. A small ball of gum that keeps attaching itself to other balls of gum. It's the blob. Reinvented, and it keeps, you know... No food. What else? Dirt! Kids love dirt! A movie about dirt. A small clump of dirt keeps attaching itself to other clumps of dirt, and then, you know... Shut up! Just shut up, you idiot! John, this is no time to panic. This is a perfect time to panic! We don't have the story, and you're stuck on the same dumb idea... What about... toys? 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 Yeah! Kids love toys! Exactly. Now toys we can work with. Years of academy training wasted. Come on, Andrew, pull yourself together. Wait, I got it. What if toys come to life when kids leave the room? Oh, that's brilliant. How'd you come up with that? Because I think it really happens. I think my collector action figure moves. I feel them staring at me all the time. I've heard voices from my room before. And then, when I go in... Nothing. Silent. They exist. They're real. Collector action figures. Yeah, that's right. And you think they really come to life? They watch me sleep. You're a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Okay, Mr. Lightbeer, you got a title for this? Um, a toy's life? Toys, Inc.? How about, um, Toy Story? I like it. Toy Story. Simple and to the point. Why, with a name like that, I'm sure it'll attract a lot of buzz. Oh, great. Now he's doing the voice again. Everyone's excused for lunch, and he's doing that voice again. To infinity and beyond. And we're back here talking about the Toy Story franchise. Now we're going to get into Toy Story 4. So you know, Toy Story 3 came out in 2010, 2010, and again, grossed over a billion dollars. So at this point, it was like, there was a lot of rumors of like, are we going to have a Toy Story 4? Is that going to happen? And eventually it was announced. And so in 2019, we have another long time jump. We did get Toy Story 4 coming out. And it was very exciting with the trailers because we were going to have the return of a beloved OG character, but in a, a, a new format of thing. Bo Peep was going to be back in this franchise. And and also the uh, hilarious creation of what a lot of people do love, this character of Forky, uh, who is a spork with little wiry hands and, you know, googly little eyes. feet that, that yeah, googly eyes that, uh, that Bonnie makes. And uh, it does come to life. And so Toy Story 4, I will say, for, uh, again, having just rewatched Disney+, Plus. This whole like opening sequence, which just shows again how Woody is so dedicated to helping his friends, saving his friends, Rex, um, not Rex, what's the uh, RC? RC is out like out in the gutter because it's like raining, and Andy like forgot that he's out there, and so they're like, "Who's oh, going to be swept away?" And they have this whole rescue mission. 
there's just some lights and graphics that look so realistic. I was like, this is real life. This is not animated. Like it was so polished. I was like, holy moly, the animation in this is like insanely like this is the graphics and everything. They they've yeah. stepped it up 100 like, immensely. Yeah, it looks so good. But Erica, what are your thoughts on Toy Story Four as a, as a whole? With it kind of feels like it was like we had a trilogy. We kind of have an ending. This almost could be maybe a start of a new trilogy or just it's its own kind of spinoff movie. What say you? But what are your thoughts on Toy Story 4? Um, I, well, I was like, when we, when I found out there was going to be a Toy Story 4, I was very excited because, you know, the Toy Story movies were great. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost like, like an not an ending story, but like you get to see where your characters that you've fallen in love with are now. Cause when did it come out? It came out, what, it was like 12 years later, 10 years later. Nine years, nine years later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And then, you know, you get to see where these characters are and cause you know, you, you, if you have a movie that you absolutely love, you always want that final, like, like, Oh, what, what, like what's happening now? Like have they started a family? Are they doing this? Like, um, so you get to see that with this, and I really liked that. And I like how you know they definitely brought in more characters again with like Duke Kaboom and, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean it could totally be like its own little spinoff movie or, yeah, yeah. I me and Taylor have talked about this because uh, we discussed a little bit with Lightyear. I I I fall into the camp of I respect the animation. And I do think there's some great moments in the movie, but I also feel sometimes like I don't need the movie. And it's because I think Toy Story 3 just had such a great polished, like this is the end of, of, of the franchise. But it was an interesting aspect with, again, I love when they kind of take Woody into these like antique situations because he did come from a set that was, you know, from the 50s or whatever it was, 60s, you know. And I did like, I think from us also as a horror fan, I did really enjoy the antique store elements in this with those with Mary Marionette guys, the oh dummies. God. Oh gosh! Well, I'm having no. I'm having goosebump vibes when I saw that. I was like, oh just my when God. they were like slapping, their face would turn and they'd be like, and they'd be like chasing them. I was like, oh god, make it out! But it did feel like to me the girl, the little girl doll, felt a little too reminiscent of Lotso's story. It was kind of similar, but I did love Bo Peep being like this badass lady now like i think bo peep was always cute character that was a little bit of a flame for woody but then she was also kind of the toy for andy's sister not so much for andy yeah and she didn't do much especially in the second one we didn't so this was a great like let's retcon that character and give her a whole new background and that was she it, was she a toy or was she like just a lamp yeah she's part of like a lamp it was weird. Yeah, I, I always t i always saw her as like a porcelain like just like maybe a thing you put next to the lamp and the lamp was the three sheep or whatever. Um, and even Woody does recognize the lamp when he comes into you know the town and they see the, the antique store. They're like, oh, that's, I wonder if Bo Peep's here. But she looks great. This new outfit she has, and even like her arm has broken off at one point. So she has like a, a detached arm and like, <laughs> but like her like staff is like, like I just love all that they did with that. that she rides great. around, isn't it, it's like, um a skunk I said, yeah it's a skunk because people run away from it right yeah it was like her yeah. little her little um 
Yeah, she's got like she's like guerrilla warfare. Like she's like she's you know got her like <laughs> you know commando stuff. So yeah, she is like you know she learned from Carl back Carl. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I do love it. I'm love that. I love that Andy Potts. Andy Potts came back to play it, uh, which is great to have her. And I think it was, I think it was beautiful to have. What I did like about it, and I agree with you, Chris. I felt like I could take or leave it. It wasn't horrible, but I'm like I felt they did already end the story. But this, like you said, Erica, it was kind of a bonus little thing. Like, oh, let's check in on our favorite characters. But I do like that Woody kind of like, you know, he he um, he got to choose his his happy his, his happy ending kind of. Yeah, because it's true. Like you know, he's starting to the um, body's starting to like grow out of him, and accepted that. But like seeing how Bo Peep lives and and seeing her again, because you know there is that little flame there. So I love how I love how that ends and how he's like, all right, yeah, this is. Yeah, him in the him in the beginning of the movie, uh, Woody in the closet, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I used to be the favorite toy, uh, you know, I used to be. It's just you know, like he's so like <laughs> went through that, and I did like too that this movie, it kind of was like, oh, the carnival atmosphere. There are toys that kind of help children that are lost or like give children another take with a toy, and so like. Bo Peep and Woody kind of seen that they could kind of work together to maybe help kids in that way and kind of be like, you don't have to be a toy that's connected to a kid. You could kind of help all kids in this situation. Yeah. The only thing about that, I was like, is this carnival year round? Like, I was like, this is going to. It's right by you know, the playground. So the playground. Like, yeah, the playground. And, um, and two other characters I really liked in this that were pretty funny because they're a great comedic duo anyway. Uh, we have Key and Peele. Up in oh, yeah, the little, as the, the two uh, toys from the toys. carnival. Yeah, the stuffed ducky and the stuffed uh, rat. And that was actually one of the best when they had the trailer, uh, like a teaser trailer for the movie. And they were like, they're just kind of hanging up as toys. And they're kind of like, or they're hanging at the carnival. And they're talking about like doing their Buzz Lightyear impressions. And they're like, he's like, in like, he's like, two uh, something and a blonde. Like they like couldn't get the, the saying right. And so that was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, that they're going to be in this. So that was really smart to have them as kind of like the little duo. The funniest things to me of, of them was always their ridiculous plans that you would actually see animated and then always go back to Buzz and be like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and it's always like, you know, oh, we like, we attack the old lady. Like it always be like, she'd be like in her house and looking around and they attack her. Oh my God. All those bits were like really funny. And yes, Keanu Reeves, do Kaboom. This was a great bit too of the evil Knievel style toy that the kid threw away because he actually couldn't do the, the jump that you see on the TV. And he's always like looking out and like, he's like, this is for you uh, when he does all these great stunts. Um, I have to give you a fun, fun fact throwback to when you said Woody was like in the closet and he's with the other ones. It was actually, I didn't realize this, but going back and watched it, you know, we got some veteran, you know, toys, but yeah, veteran Mel voices. Brooks. Carol Burnett, Carl Reiner, and Betty White voice these little toys just for a little bit in the closet. So I think that's kind of funny. Like, yeah, he used to be like popular too. And Which I, think I didn't, I didn't realize that until I, I watched it with subtitles and all their toy names have like care, like Brooks or like, you know, so I thought that was clever. Oh, that's that funny. I would not that's even cute. known that. I mean, I can always kind of recognize Mel Brooks voice because of that kind of husk, but that was kind of a great bit. And, but I mean, hey, you know what? Toy Story 4 has that sweet kind of ending where, you know, Woody does say goodbye and, and you know, Buzz and them all go off. And, 
And again, I really did like Forky. I thought um, uh, Tony Hale, you know, was great from rest of development and uh, vice and all this stuff. He was, um, he was great. This character was just very goofy. It doesn't have like the best working brain. So like his understanding of things was so like, <laughs> was great. And then I love at the end too, when they, when Bonnie makes like a girl version of Forky and they're just like staring at each other and like the googly eyes are just like going all over the place. They don't know how to stand to each other. It was so good. But this movie did very well. It's now the highest grossing Toy Story movie. Again, over a billion dollars. So what, they made like over three billion with all four movies? Yeah, all four movies have grossed over three billion dollars. And that's just the movies. We've already kind of hinted at there's been the shorts, which have been great. But there's also been so much merchandise with the Toy Story franchise. We've had a ton of it in our house. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all at times have had Toy Story. I mean, obviously, there's been actual toys of the Toy Story. I, I, I frankly remember having a, a we had a Buzz Lightyear action figure at one point. I think I had a Woody doll at some point. Um, but there's been toys of all the toys and all the different movies at different periods of time. There's been video games galore. I mean, I I loved playing the Toy Story 2 video game. I remember having that and you would actually play this Buzz Lightyear and you would go through Al's Toy Barn and you had to go do the crossing the street. And they've had video games for like all the franchise. And then one we really got to talk about, that's what I'm most excited to talk about. One, because I actually... Uh, I was friends with Woody for quite some time at the Disneyland Resort, um, but uh, theme park attractions. Toy Story has been a big part of the Disney line with attractions. We've had things like Toy Story Mania. They've had the RC Racer ride. They've had a Slinky uh, roller coaster in Orlando. We've had Buzz Blasters. There's been a lot of Toy Story in the theme parks, not just for rides, but also mean greets with the characters buzz woody jesse and in the parades and all the stuff do you have any fond memories of any disneyland or disney world or any of them uh with toy story having younger siblings i've i've had to indulge a lot more magic kingdom even though i'm more partial to hollywood studios now mgm before but i i do like that they have that little this little buzz um this buzz Lightyear kind of like laser tag thing which was kind of cool because all based on buzz and and star command and stuff and that was kind of cool and then going back recently they had this it's like um you know andy's toy box and you're just like it's all um like you have this little popper and you're shooting like different targets and stuff like that which is kind of fun like one was like a buzz Lightyear theme one was like the little green army men guys and it was actually fun oh it's so and it's so fat it's so fast paced and you're like spinning all over, but it's, it's so much fun. I think for me, it was the fact that buzz blasters or Astro blasters, however it's called was like the first time I remember seeing a, a ride at Disney that was like a shooting based, like add up points type of attraction. And it's been there for a long time, but now yeah, the, the toy story midway mania, uh, which kind of feeling that carnival vibe. And yeah, you would go through different parts of the, you know, different things and, you're shooting targets and adding points. A lot of that's just really fun. And I do think that some of the Toy Story lands that I've, like I remember I went to, I've got to go to Hong Kong Disneyland and they have a Toy Story like land there. And there's one in Orlando where you actually feel like you're the size of a toy. Yeah. A lot of it's meant to be very big and, and you know, impressive. 
So it's been fun to see how they've adapted a lot of that into the theme parks. But yeah, I mean, this, this franchise, I mean, from the movies to the shorts to all the different, you know, media that's come out from it and just a part of pop culture. I mean, like we have so many of these quotes that are like, you know, things we just say all the time and like the, the type of character design, it's like the, seeing how that's been emulated into like t-shirts and hats and like just different, you know, even stuff you wear. There's so much, I mean, it, it kind of <laughs> never ceases to be. It's, it, it's insane uh, how much this franchise has just grown. And now we do have this new movie out Lightyear. Uh, you know, part of the spinoffs we had in the past is we did have a whole Star Command 2D show, and there was like, it, like it ran for like two, three seasons as well. At that point, Patrick Warburton had voiced Buzz Lightyear, but I remember watching that as a kid, enjoying that, and it was an actual like, here's a space show of what Buzz in space as a space ranger would be. It was kind of fun. It wasn't him as a toy. It was him actually in space doing the stuff. Now we have Lightyear. Uh, Lightyear just came out. Uh, first Pixar movie to come back into theaters since onward right before the pandemic started um and seeing this kind of cool story of inspired of like you know if buzz lightyear was a toy that andy got what would be the movie that he got that toy from and seeing like a real astronaut buzz lightyear and how that kind of plays into it and we just did our review on that on the podcast um have you gotten to see lightyear yet um we're going tomorrow actually oh, my son is very great. excited Okay. Well, I think I think he'll really enjoy it. We we both really uh, enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Some great sci-fi, but still has a lot of that Pixar magic and some great humor in there as well. And there's a lot of nods to what Buzz is overall. But um, you know, this is going to be a tough one. I always love to kind of do this too. Do you have the if you could rank the four movies of the Toy Story franchise? Where where would you rank? of number one to number one being your favorite to fourth being your, I mean, they're all great movies, but you know, where would you rank the Toy Story franchise for you, Erica? Let's see. I would say uh, number three is number one for me. Number one would be number two for me. Number two would be three and four would be four. Yeah, I would go, I would go two, I would go two, one, three, and then four. So yeah, so just a little bit different, but I would go the second one, be my first one, go back to the first one's my second favorite, and then then third, fourth. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I think it'd be three, two, one, four. But I, I do agree with you, Erica. Depending on the day, depending on my mood, that could be switched yeah. just like that. <laughs> yeah. Because they're all so good. There's like, there's really not a bad movie of, you know, it's not like there was one that was like, oh, there's the black sheep. They're all really good. They all have amazing uh, critic and audience scores, and they all made good money. Um, so, yeah, I do wonder, you know, with Pixar being a company that does sometimes, you know, we, it took 11 years for Toy Story 3. It took nine years to get maybe in nine years they'll come back and do a Toy Story 5. Who knows? Like, there could be more story. I think they probably will. I think on, on the financial end of things, it benefits them because then it re-ups Toy Story in everyone's mind and it keeps it fresh for kids like the new generations of kids like oh I want to have a Toy Story party like you know if you let Toy Story you know stop where it is and you know 10 years from now not many kids are going to be wanting a Toy Story birthday party but if you like come out with a new one then they'll be like oh my god yeah 
So the only thing on that that I have is in February of 2019, Tim Allen expressed interest in doing another film as he did not see any reason why they would not do it. And then on the Ellen show, Tom Hanks said that Toy Story 4 would be the final installment in the franchise, but producer Mark Nielsen disclosed the possibility of a fifth film as Pixar was not ruling out that possibility. I mean, clearly. It would be interesting, too, if they kept it just with the Bonnie story and we didn't have Woody in it. I wonder how that would play if it was like the first Toy Story without Woody. But, you know, they could always go back on vacation and more adventures could happen over at that carnival. So Run into Woody and keep it in a, in a new town. We know, I, will, I would actually love this. We have Lightyear. And although that's based on like, you know, kind of a more realistic take, give us the Woody Bo Peep Western. Oh, like, yeah. Like they're still toys, but give us just like a Western, like a Western, like go to Arizona. And yeah. Like a Western I town. want Stinky Pete. I want Jesse. I want, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Just give us like a, give us a great Western with all the toys. That's, that's what I would want next. Um, or even like a real gritty take on Woody with like, yeah, all the characters <laughs> and like, yeah, edgy. Reach for the sky. You know, yeah, exactly. So it's all of a sudden Clint Eastwood voices him. He's like, you know, Clint Eastwood's like 102. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can still do it. It's like they got mad about Chris Evans doing it. Uh, well, sorry. No. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so many people that are like, not so many, but I saw that they're like, why aren't you getting to the voice? Uh, Buzz Lightyear and Lightyear, or in like, but it's not Buzz Lightyear. No, it fits very well for what the film is trying to do. So yeah, I think really it won't good. throw you off. It, it, he's got the voice for it, and yeah. And I love him anyway, so I'm excited. Oh, he's he's great. It is, yeah. We're kind of, we've been baffled reading these reviews of people not understanding what Lightyear is. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's not that hard a concept to get because some people are like, "This isn't Toy Story." I'm like. No, it was not. never meant to be Toy Story. It's it's a spinoff based off Toy Story. Just go see the uh, movie, people. Exactly. Not you know anything. Well, Erica. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so glad that you came on for this, and we can't let you go Thanks, before guys. doing our special rapid fire guest questions. Uh, these are all about you, so you should know the answers. Uh, but we're just going to go one by one and just give us your best answer for them. Okay. Okay. All right. First question, uh, of course, is very fitting for this one, but it may not be. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie series? I just top of my head, I'm gonna think say Harry Potter. All right, <laughs> nice. Um, what is your favorite TV series? Okay, um, Shit's Creek. Oh, love it. Uh, what is your favorite video game or video game series? Uh, the old Nintendo, like Mario. Oh, there you go. Good choice. Do you have a favorite style of music or artist? I love Coldplay. Um, love like you know rock, pop rock, classic rock. I don't know. All the rock. Love it. Love Coldplay. And I know that you are quite the travelista like us two here. Uh, where is the, of all the places you've been to, where is the most favorite place that you've traveled to? I have two. Um, Japan and Alaska. Oh, those are, those are my top five. So That's I, where I, we I, I met. We met in Alaska. That's where Chris and I met in Alaska. <laughs> Alaska and Norway. I'll say Japan, Alaska, Norway. All right. Alaska and Norway are very, quite similar. But. Yes, it's true. Different types of fjords. What has inspired you to be where you are today? I come from a family of musicians, so they've always inspired us to be creative. I love films. Go on about that. Uh, and what is the best advice that you've ever received? Home is where the heart is, I guess. Happiness. I don't know. I like that. That's, I, better, than, that's better than mine. That's better Mine's... Than work, but, uh, I have a really bad one. Like the, My dad used to always say it was 
can I say a, a, the S word on this? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, shit in one hand, wish in the other. See which one fills up faster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, this is a fairly nerdy podcast as we talk a lot about all kinds of things. What would you consider your nerd level on a scale of one to ten? One being that you don't know anything, haven't seen anything. Ten, you can name every character in any you know nerdy property star wars lord of the rings harry potter or whatever where would you sit on a one of ten scale i would say i'm about a nine ah yeah a fellow companion of the podcast we love erica and i actually saw rogue one together so i know that she's a star wars fan i'm like i said harry potter but i love all of the star wars films there you go same here (laughs) i love star wars so what is a guilty pleasure of yours guilty pleasure um I, movie theaters triple triple features i would do a triple feature oh nice and finally here we love to do impressions on this podcast give us your best impression from willy wonka <laughs> daddy i want a squirrel <laughs> oh <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that was great see that's perfect terrible i'm not like no i'm not a character person well, I mean, I could be. Oh, actually, what am I thinking? I can oh. do Belle. Um, oh, Beauty. great. Oh, please. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> can you believe he actually asked me to marry him? The wife of that boorish, brainless. Madame Gaston, can you just see it? Madame Gaston, his little wife. No, sir, not me. I guarantee it. There must be more than this provincial life. Okay. Cue the sound of music moment. Oh, so great. That was awesome. Like, what am I, I my, my brain is not working today. That's all right. That was, that was brilliant. I love that. Well, Erica, where can people follow you if they want to follow you on the socials, the social media, anywhere? Um, I'm on Instagram and um, Facebook. Erica Butters? Just... Erica Monet Butters. Erica Monet Butters. Well, thank you, Eric, for being on the podcast today. We really do appreciate it. Talking about Toy Story. And we hope you enjoy Lightyear. Uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts on Lightyear. I think it was awesome. So, Yay. yeah. Thanks, well, guys. you've got a friend in us, and we got a friend in you. <laughs> and until next time here on the podcast, to infinity and, and beyond. beyond. Nailed it. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.